Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Our text for this day is Matthew 28, which been announced and read. You may be seated. Matthew reports for those first events of Easter, now the Sabbath toward the excuse me, now after the Sabbath toward the dawn of the first day of the week. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. On this still dark Sunday morning, the Marys come to Jesus' tomb. They go to a tomb like many of us go to the cemetery, not to change anything, but to see the grave, to see the tomb. They came to mourn. They came crushed, remembering the promising man from Nazareth, the crucified and the dead, Jesus. These same Marys were there on Good Friday. They were there with Joseph of Arimathea when he rolled the large stone to seal the tomb with the help of Nicodemus. The tomb held a dead Jesus. Joseph sat or set the tomb to close things off, to wrap up what for him was a terrible, terrible day. He did all he could in honor and respect for a fallen friend. None of the disciples were there. They had failed Jesus too. Joseph's burial of Jesus was an act of love for him and a trusting act of faith, trusting completely in the Lord and the Master of death. However, when we breathe our last, we have a greater Lord, a greater Lord to trust. We are not finished off and done when we see our Christian loved ones lowered into the ground or, their, or slid into the crypt, we know that it is not final. It may mark the end of this life, but we have a certain and absolute hope. We are bearing a dear one's body, but God holds this soul in paradise. And what God is doing is planting a seed that will bloom into glorious life. There is nothing that we can do at the cemetery but watch. Yet there is something that we can do for each other. We can encourage one another with Scripture and songs that breathe deep with the Spirit's faithful witness to Christ. We can confidently confess looking for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. For we do not face the cemetery as Joseph did, as Nicodemus did, as the two Marys did when they faced the tomb. For we know what they did not know and believe. No stone, no vault, no crypt, no dirt, no ocean will hold the dead bodies forever. For the grave is temporary, 
because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, for He is risen. He is risen Christ is risen. He is risen Hallelujah. The stone did not seal Jesus off from life. The stone did not lock Jesus in death's disintegration. Oh, death reigned because of sin, and yet Jesus paid the full debt, paid for all sin. He paid for every one of us, for all people. For death could not hold him. It had no right, so Jesus rose. He came back to life. His breath returned. His eyes opened. He left his narrow bed alive and well, beginning the new creation. The tomb was empty, and the guards had nothing to guard, for Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Matthew records at that point that there was an earthquake. An earthquake at Jesus' death, renting the temple curtain in two, breaking open, and the graves opened up, and many of the saints who came to life. So Matthew now records another earthquake. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat upon it. His appearance was lightning. His clothing was as white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. And yet the angel declares, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was and is. Now I add the word is because Jesus is still crucified as the Greek proclaims, and as you see up in the orb, up to your left-hand side, the cross still goes through as the slain lamb. He will still show his hands and his feet and his side. And the angel declares, he is not here. He is risen. Just as he said, come see the place where he lay, for Christ is risen. He is risen the angel wants the women to absolutely be sure that they are talking, that he is talking, that they are going to be looking for the same Jesus whom they seek. For Jesus who was and is crucified, oh, what a beautiful title, for our Savior. In fact, Jesus' crucifixion. Jesus' crucifixion is the height, the apex of his saving work as the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. So what does the resurrection mean for the Marys? It means great joy. The Jesus whom they followed, whom they loved, is alive. But notice the text talks about fear. Perhaps it was because of that strangeness. Who had witnessed a resurrection before? It's not every day you see one. Perhaps they were aware of their terrible unbelief of what Jesus had repeatedly told them, that again he would be crucified and on the third day would rise. As if to say, it was true, but we did not believe. What will Jesus think of us now? But Jesus answers the question himself. Just as the women head off to tell the disciples the good news, Jesus stops them. And our text says that Jesus said, Greetings. Wait a minute. 
Our translation says greetings, and yet the Greek proclaims rejoice. The women did not find Jesus, but he found them. He does not frighten them with his power, but he welcomes them with love. He does not scold them, but he goes for their unbelief, but he draws them to himself as their Savior, as their Redeemer, their life and yours. Hallelujah! Christ is risen! Christ is risen! Hallelujah! Did you notice the text? They clutched his feet. And they fall down to worship him. They hang on him. They are worshiping God in human flesh. This Jesus of Nazareth proves by the resurrection of his corpse that everything that he taught was true. Just as Jesus said again and again, he is risen. And the fact that they hold on to Jesus' feet is a big deal. Ghosts, phantoms, spirits, and all sorts of unreal things don't have feet, do they? I mean, real feet with warm blood pulsing through them. Jesus, true God and true man, now raised from the dead in his real body with real feet, nail-scarred feet, now warm and alive. Beautiful feet that bring good news of great joy, the gospel of peace. Our full debt has been paid so that the payment has accepted and our Redeemer lives. Christ is risen. Then hear, then hear his forgiving love. He says, do not be afraid. I have not come to condemn the world, but to save it. And whoever believes in me has everlasting life. I forgive you. All your unfaithfulness, your failings are all forgotten, all paid, all finished off. And so also he speaks a word of pardon to his disciples those disciples who had fled him in the garden and did not look for his resurrection. He says to the women, go tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there you will see me. Did you hear it? What did Jesus call the disciples who forsook him and fled when he was arrested? What did he call his disciples when they were not there to help him with the cross? Who denied him who did not believe that they would that he would raise from the dead what did he call his disciples who failed him so completely but brothers my brothers you see once again Jesus takes the role of leading his disciples all his disciples for the angel had said Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee indeed he still leads us to you today many of you like the marys will embrace the risen jesus for he is risen flesh and blood here he still gives to his faithful his body his crucified body and blood under the bread and the wine to forgive and to heal souls 
today. He comes to meet, to prepare our bodies for the resurrection to come. He comes to roll away the stones, to pull off the vault lids, to crack open the crypts, to transform the living, to complete His rescue of us, His brothers and His sisters. And on that day, He will welcome His people with love. He will make us completely new again, body and soul, freed from sin, broke, from the sin-broken world to all things new. Our salvation, for Christ is risen. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Alleluia. Thanks be to God in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.